Welcome back to Draft Vice. My name is Walter, and today we are talking about the AFC North. The AFC North! Yes, the AFC North. The Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens. Yes, oh my God, the beautiful division, the hard knocks division of the AFC North. <laughs> anyway, let's get down to brass tacks. Uh, I think we should start off with the team that had the number one overall pick last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and part of the reason why I want to start off with them, right? They they drafted Joe Burrow number one overall. Then they took T. Higgins. Um, they have... A lot of cap space. They actually have $44 million in cap space, um, but they actually might not be re-signing a few guys. They are going to probably let a couple of dudes walk. Um, some potential free agents. We're going to talk about them. Carl Lawson, William Jackson the third. Oh, how regal that cornerback may be. Um, John Ross. And uh, and a few others. So the Cincinnati Bengals had a, a not a great year. Zach Taylor is uh, retooling his staff, if you will. Uh, the offensive line uh, was basically the the problem that we foresaw. That offensive line, Joe Mixon, really didn't play much this year. Uh, even though he signed an, ex- I believe they had him actually signed to an extension. Uh, they uh, they did sign Mike Daniels in free agency last year. He kind of played a little bit well for them. Uh, he's going to be a pending free agent as well. DJ Reader, uh, free agent signing for them. He, uh, he was pretty solid. Uh, they also signed uh, Mackenzie Alexander last year. He was a one-year deal. Uh, I think the most memorable thing I can remember from Mackenzie Alexander was that, that Steeler-Bengals game where he actually got the interception off of Ben Roethlisberger, one of Ben Roethlisberger's many interceptions during the second half of the year. So uh, what do I think about the Bengals, right? First off, it comes down to, to Zach Taylor. Is Zach Taylor ham, the ham sandwich, going to be – is he the right guy for the job? And I, I think I said this uh, somewhat near the end of last year. I said this in other spots. Initially, I thought no. I thought they should have fired him after year one, did a Freddie Kitchens, moved over, found a new guy. I, I might have backed off of that a little bit. I'm not quite sure. He definitely adapted his offense around Joe Burrow. Uh, they clearly played to win this year. The defense, I'm not quite sure what their defense is playing half the time, but we will see. Um, but they got a new offensive line coach. They finally got uh, the, the, the dude that was running that O-line room out of there. Uh, there were some there was some rumors and rumblings that maybe uh, part of the reason why Cordy Glenn forced himself out, part of the reason why a lot of different players have just not really landed well there has been because of the offensive line coaching, uh, clearly favoring the playing of uh, perennial just dude at right tackle Bobby Hart. Um, they got to get better, right? I know they uh they they got Quentin Spain in the middle of the year. He had his I, I think his worst game. That's uh, uh, I think actually like maybe the worst moment in this season for them. Uh, it's a team that clearly has to work on the O line, and it starts at the top, right? Jonah Williams is the best piece of their offensive line, and that's it. Um, it's weird they couldn't get anything out of Billy Price. I thought. I thought he at least had some potential that they would be able to get something out of him. Trey Hopkins went down with an injury towards the end of the year. He might not even, you know, he might not even be ready to start camp. He might start on the pup. Uh, they have a lot of question marks that that are gonna. Alex Redman is leaving in free agency. 
He's been an okay depth piece for them. Um, I I really do question this team and how they're going to go forward. They have to attack offensive line. Uh, whether it's sign Joe Dooney and also Kevin Zeitler, who recently was released by the New York Giants. The the If I call uh, Zach Taylor, um, Captain Mayo, and Captain Taylor Ham, don't worry. Oh, j- actually, he should, he's not Taylor Ham. He's not he's not the Giants. That's that's Taylor Ham over there because they're in Jersey or pork roll, whatever you want to call it. Um, but again, Zeitler free agent maybe they can get him for a cheap deal there seems it seems like the guard market's gonna go up like there's gonna be a lot of guys available in free agency at guard Gabe Jackson just got released uh there there's some rumors that Trey Turner might get released Andrew Norwell formerly both guys who were formerly of the Panthers uh they're very familiar with Zeitler in fact I think the offensive line coach they recently hired is uh is formerly a a Bengals uh, is actually the Bengals' offensive line coach from a few years ago when Joe Mixon had one of his best years. So I think that I, I do think Zach Taylor is learning. He definitely was willing to adapt his offense around what Joe Burrow did well. Um, we saw him win a couple of games that maybe we thought they were kind of out of, specifically the Steelers game that was in primetime that everybody was going like, I don't want to watch this game. And all of a sudden it turned into a really fun game. Um so uh, they're definitely missing pieces, and now they're going to potentially miss more. Like I said before, Carl Lawson, uh, potential free agent, going to be walking. A.J. Green, who they franchise tagged last year, was paying him a ton of money, who was not playing what you would want from a franchise tag player. Uh, John Ross, as I already said before, Mackenzie Alexander, B.J. Finney's a free agent. I actually think they they might have released B.J. Finney. Um William Jackson, like I said before, he's getting up there in age. He was an older drafted corner, but I think he's going to get a little bit of money in free agency. Uh, I thought he was 28. This is saying he's 29. Dear God, man. Oh, maybe his birthday was recently. Happy birthday, Willie J. And um, even Randy Bullock's uh, a free agent. So they benefit. I, I think they are looking to capitalize on a free agent market that will be a little depressed, right? Take advantage of you have $44 million in cap space. Uh, you have desperate needs across your offensive line, whether it's center or guard or tackle. Uh, this is also a team that tends to be, I would say, relatively cash poor compared to some teams. They don't give out a lot of guarantees. Uh, they don't give out a, a lot of uh, their signing bonuses and, and guarantees and their 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 contracts tend to be very conservative. Uh, on the conservative end, they're definitely one of the more conservative teams. Um, I think they could maybe bring back Mackenzie Alexander to a one-year deal. That doesn't sound too crazy. He was okay for them at slot corner. Willie J, I think they have already basically kissed goodbye on. I, I don't mind that. Again, if he's gonna be he's gonna be 29 going into this season, he's probably gonna get a three-year deal. He's a little bit older. He works specifically really well in press man. Um, that was probably his best season when he was utilized in that kind of a role. Uh, I don't really think that there, there's a, I, I think there is some opportunity for them to bring someone back. I think they are have been in talks with Carl Lawson. Uh, they did not franchise tag either player or any player. So those guys will potentially be free agents on March, uh, on March 17th, barring a potential extension that has been granted 
Um, I don't see that. Let me see if they have anybody else. DJ Reader, Tyler Boyd. I'm a huge fan of Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, Geno Atkins, there's been talk they might release him. Again, if they feel like they can get an upgrade at D-tackle, uh, they might do that. Uh, I know they, uh, they, uh, there's this tackle market's not great, but you might find some pieces around. Maybe they'll do to the Browns what the Browns have been doing to them and sign uh, Larry Ogunjobi uh, to be a, a cheap D tackle. Uh, they can release Bobby Hart. They've been uh, able to release Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart would clear about another five million dollars in cap space. Uh, would leave only one million behind in uh, dead cap. So. I, I think some of those options are there. They, I, I've heard rumors they might trade away Billy Price, but now they have a new offensive line coach. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, they still have Xavier Silafilo. Jesse Bates they should look to be extending now so they don't lose another guy to free agency. Uh, Trey Waynes, I don't think he even played much last year. Uh, when uh, he, I know he started out the year not very healthy. Um and he's a guy that they they took away from the you know the Vikings. That was one of those rare free agent signings that the Bengals did. Uh, listen, they could build a defense surrounding those guys. Uh, they could even if they extended Willie J. I I'm not quite sure what their plan is. Right, like I I said this. I was actually on a podcast uh, right before this. Right, I was recording the Browns Huddle podcast, and I said this before. Uh, by the way, go check it out. That episode should be dropping. I'm going to put the link in the show notes uh, for the next few uh, episodes. Go check out the Browns Huddle podcast. I did about two hours on there. Uh, they should also be on the YouTube as well. Uh, go check them out. I talked about teams having an identity and knowing what they want to utilize guys for. Uh, and, and I don't know what the identity is for the Bengals. Another guy who the Bengals might look to release is C.J. Uzoma, tight end. Another guy who will probably clear out another $5 million in cap space. That's a lot of money, dude. That that That's a lot of money in general to be getting in cap relief, and they don't need cap relief. They're already in, they're already in very comfortable territory compared to the rest of the NFL. But this is a time to take advantage. And that might be why they might be okay with letting Carl Lawson go, because they maybe have a plan to go after somebody else who might be available as a free agent who they can take on and, and maybe do a deal that doesn't have a lot of guarantees and maybe some signing bonus structures that work for them. Uh, Sam Hubbard's played really well for them. They got, you know, T. Higgins was their uh, the top of the second round last year that they drafted. I thought that was a really good pick. Um, I didn't really think it was a great pick at the time because I kind of like Michael Pittman better. Um, but I thought he was a solid pickup. He's played really well with Joe Burrow. The real question is, is Joe Burrow going to come back healthy? Uh, I really do have questions as to Joe Burrow's timeline. I know there's, there's some talk that he will be ready for the start of the season. Uh, you don't want to force your quarterback back too early coming off of an ACL where there was more than just a right, even if it was just an ACL, just an ACL, just an ACL, just an ACL, it would still be a little worrisome to be rushing him back. Um, I would be kind of paying attention to that, uh, especially because it didn't sound like it was just a, a regular ACL injury. Uh, I, I, there might have been even, I, I don't want to uh, speculate on any extensiveness to it, but we saw when Carson Wentz tore his ACL late in the year that it took him a little bit of time to come back. Again, that was a more complicated ACL. That does happen. You know, it's, it, Some of these injuries, you have to take into account that 
sometimes they have longer healing times depending on if there's any structural damage, how many ligaments were torn, and I, I think that's a, a good thing to keep in mind going forward. Uh, I think Drew Sample is going to probably be a guy for them, you know, with third tight end or second tight end. They, it doesn't prevent them from drafting a tight end, especially in this draft class where there's some interesting players. Uh, I, I liked their draft class overall as a whole last year. I just didn't think they, they maximized what they could out of it. Uh, this year, they have to attack offensive line. I think they also have to attack defense too, but offensive line is way more important. Their defense was just letting... I, I mean, people just throw on them all the time. Oh, granted, they did beat the Steelers, so I I, I digress. Uh, and, and they did give some guys uh, uh, some run for their money. I was quite shocked uh, about Ryan Finley beating the Steelers. That was a, a weird game. I was rooting for the Bengals that night. Um, That being said, and Von Bell is also there. Von Bell, I remember, was also one of the guys in that big Steelers game. I keep referencing. All this is going to be referencing to taking down the Steelers because they've been the kings of the castle and we've all been the dirty rascals. Um, Xavier Suofilo, uh, they've got a couple of other guys that, that are there, but they really got to add to that 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 in that offensive line, even center. Because like I said before, Trey Hopkins might not be healthy to start next year. He might not be back right away. So you even got to look at maybe a backup sitter. Maybe, maybe Nick Martin, who was recently released by the Texans, go after a guy like him. Um, if, if you're if you're not necessarily sure, if you really want to spend money, go after Corey Lindsley. Uh, there's going to be a few other guys available in free agency as far as guards go. So and like I said before, there's a lot of guys getting released. It feels like a very solid guard class, both in free agency and then even in the draft. There's going to be some guys in this draft that you you might want to take a shot on, take a flyer on them. I I think the return of uh, Kevin Zeitler and signing Joe Dooney uh, would give you a nice um, cushion on the interior of the offensive line, so that if you were to say uh, bring back you know or Daryl Williams, who's leaving the the Buffalo Bills. Go after him to be your right tackle of the future. I don't know how much money he's looking for. I think that might be a, a little bit out of the price range of what the Bengals might be into. Um, other things that they tend to do is the the Bengals tend to be a big fan of. They're like one of those teams that likes to sometimes trade for guys that are on contracts, and you know they did it before Cordy Glenn, and that worked out for a year, maybe at most. Um, uh, you know, again, potentially taking flyers on guys towards the end of their contracts or the back end of their contracts on some teams. I think that might be a big thing to do this year, especially with teams trying to push, you know, get rid of players, kick players out, um, clear cap space. They might find some value at at, at free agent uh, to to free agents, free agency and trade. Uh, Riley Reef was recently released by the Minnesota Vikings, so there are a lot of options. For them to attack going into this uh, free agency bonanza, if you will. Because like I said, it, it feels like every two hours another player gets cut, released. Uh, some some roster feels like it's going to get getting decimated. Like some, some teams' rosters are going to get decimated. They're going to be having to release guys, restructure, do some crazy stuff. Uh, like I said before, the Bengals are in a great position to attack it. I don't know to what extent they are really going to attack it. They also got to look at uh, pass rusher. You know, if they're not re-signing Lawson, do they have a plan long-term? Are they going to go after maybe a bigger ticket free agent signing, like what they did when they let Andrew Billings walk last year and then signed uh, DJ Reader? Are they going to go in that direction? 
So I, what do I feel about this team? I think Burrow's a really good quarterback. Um, I think they still have to look at getting him weapons, probably in the draft, but potentially in free agency. Maybe they could steal Rashard Higgins away from Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Uh, maybe they go for a higher ticket guy, uh, potentially maybe trade for Allen Robinson from the Bears uh, since they franchise tagged him and hit him with an $18 million cap hit. Uh, some other guys that they might want to look into, Michael Gallup might be available for trade, especially if depending on how the Cowboys draft goes. Uh, Marquise Goodwin's probably going to get released if he hasn't already been by the, the Eagles. Uh, John Brown has been released, and so has Emmanuel Sanders. I think Emmanuel Sanders goes to the Packers. Uh, I saw this mentioned before, and I really do think it's probably going to pick up some heat. Uh, he might go for a little bit of a discount to go spend some time with Aaron Rodgers, the greatest of all time, uh, in the in the NFC North. Um, <clears throat> moving on. Uh, again, there just might be some guys who are available. Kenny Galladay. I'm, I'm curious what Kenny Galladay's market is. Uh, there's also guys who might eventually become available, right? Maybe not available now, but become available in two weeks. Say, uh, Jamison Crowder of the Jets, if the Jets find somebody they really like. Uh, Curtis Samuel, a guy who is very versatile, has a lot of speed, uh, would add a little bit of a different element. And you're going to hear Curtis Samuel's name mentioned a lot because he's a... He, he's the he's the discount level guy uh, that has a speed threat to him. Will Fuller, you know, we know that's the thing. I think Will Fuller would be an interesting grab for the Bengals for for the reason of they have no problem taking shots on guys at discounted rates because they have suspensions or PEDs or some other issue going on uh, roster wise. So. Uh, A.J. Boye, although I know he's already interviewed to go to the Raiders, so maybe he's going over there. Uh, guys who they can look at, you know, corner-wise anyway. That that would be an interesting one. Uh, I, it, telling you what defensive guys they should go after would be great if, A, we knew they were absolutely out on their own guys, and, B, what are they looking for the new guys to be able to do, right? What kind of scheme are they really looking to do? Like, this is the problem. I don't feel like their defensive scheme has enough of an identity and their offensive scheme actually does have an identity, strangely enough. It's just called Taylor. It's called Zach Taylor Ham, uh, the discount version of Matt LaFleur uh, or uh, Sean McVay. But still, I think there is something there that I. Listen, if you're asking me tomorrow, I think Zach Taylor might be on the, the, the waiting list for unemployment next year. But I do see an avenue where this team clicks offensively and they still don't want to get rid of him. They really got to make moves on defense. I, I I think defense and offensive line, offensive line especially because you drafted Joe Burrow number one overall. And if you're number one overall quarterback, who is one of the best quarterback prospects coming out in years, um, was one of the most surefire quarterback prospects, comes back and gets injured again, uh, does not look like, it looks like a shell of himself because he's coming off of an injury. Uh, heads are going to roll. I think teams are players are going to start really thinking about. I mean, they already probably discount going to the Bengals because it's the Bengals and there's not a lot of money there and there's no indoor facility. So you got to find ways of of. Uh, I I think there's problems with how this team is managed, right? Uh, I mentioned it before. It's not just that you're a cash poor team, right? That's not good. Um, it's that you don't try to monopolize on. Uh, what you you could make your team better 
right? You don't trade down that much at all, even. Uh, you don't try to to garner assets. You don't manipulate the. I mean, they don't like manipulating the cap. I understand some teams. That's a that's a that's a that's its own identity thing. I understand some teams not wanting to manipulate the cap that much. That's fine. Not wanting to give out a lot of guarantees. That's that's a mentality thing. I think in the long run, it ends up you miss out on players that you wouldn't have normally gotten. Uh, but the issue I have is then you have to adapt in some other way to gain an edge. And the one edge you can gain as a team that, first off, has picked uh, very high the last two years is trade back, is garner assets, is kind of develop uh, a good pick pool. Because you do, this team does do that. They do pick up uh, picks in free, from uh, from free agency a lot of years. Uh, for guys who walk away and sign big ticket deals with other teams, they get a lot of comp picks uh, over over time anyway. So you would think they would also kind of want to address that issue. I, the Bengals are a team that until they find an identity and a desire, like it's funny that people were were begging to get rid of Marvin Lewis, and felt like him taking them to the playoffs was just was not enough. And now they're at the stage of, well, getting to the playoffs would be great. So, we'll see. Let's go to the next team. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens next because I don't feel like there's a lot to talk about with the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson happens to be very good, very athletic, not a wide receiver. No, he plays quarterback. He's just a very, very athletic quarterback. So, uh, he that team has as I said before, an identity, right? They built an offensive scheme around Lamar Jackson. They, uh, you know, they have Greg Roman, the perfect guy to run that scheme because he, he was used to it. He did it with Tyrod. He did it with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, what do they do on the defensive side of the ball? They play a lot of man coverage. They got Marcus Peters. They've got uh, Marlon Humphrey. They sign Jimmy Smith all the time for cheap deals each year. Uh, they try to blitz and play man coverage and cover you for as long as they can. They got Calais Campbell. They're losing Matt Judon and Yannick Ngakwe to free agency. I know they traded a third to, to get Yannick for half the year. That didn't work out. They did not tag either of those guys. Uh, both those guys are coming off the franchise tag, so it would have been 120% increase. Uh, Judon's up now 29 years old. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe is probably walking off into free agency to hopefully find a, a content, another contender to, to sign with or at least somebody to help him recoup some of his value so maybe he'll do a one-year deal and hopefully you know hit the market next year when the market's a little bit better. Uh, Orlando Brown, their right tackle for the last couple of years, has demanded a trade. They drafted him in the third round. He played left tackle for him last year because Ronnie Stanley uh, got injured a little bit into the season. That I think will affect things. Uh, I don't know if he ever, if he actually ends up getting traded, or they try to call him on the bluff. Uh, I think there will be a team desperate enough to offer. Uh, a, I don't think they get a first. I think the way that teams would value Orlando Brown, they won't value him the way they valued Laramie Tunsil because Orlando Brown is a solid left tackle. He is not an A plus left tackle. He is not a guy who's becoming the elite at his position. Um, also the player himself is demanding the trade. It's not people knocking on your door, like the Laramie Tunsil trade, begging you for the player. Uh, but then again, like we saw Jalen Ramsey go for two firsts. We saw Jamal Adam go for two firsts. It's not unreasonable to think that they can get a, a first round value. I just don't think it comes in the form of a first round pick. I think it comes in the form of 
picks and player uh, multiple picks that combine that would maybe get to you near a first round pick maybe a player so uh orlando brown trade i want to see if they end up actually getting anything for him uh last year they traded hayden hurst uh they, they they are a very good team at getting assets in the draft they love you know they're they're one of the teams that i think drafts in the third round so much uh Patrick Queen was their first-round pick last year. He did not play well. This is why I'm against drafting linebackers in the first round. Uh, they never seem to really hit what you want them to do. Uh, just linebacker is a hit-or-miss position. You could develop and become really good or not. And it's uh, there was I, I believe somebody was quoting to me something a study that PFF said that that. Uh, that your hit rate on linebacker in the first round is no better than your hit rate on linebacker in the fourth round. So you might as well take them, you know, day, you know, day two, day three later on. So it, it means that we're very bad at evaluating. It might mean that we're very bad at evaluating uh, at linebacker, or maybe we're fine at like, it's, it's also one of those harder positions to evaluate. So, uh, some of the other options for them. I think offensive line is a big deal. They lost Marshall Yonda last year. Clearly, they're having issues with their, their tackle situation. Interior, that offensive line has not been good. Uh, the centers have been not great either. Didn't matter if it was Skura or the other guy. They seem to, once a game, check the ball over Lamar Jackson's head and make them lose 30 yards. Now, that's in some games, that would cost you a game. Uh, and some, and it could have, in in a lot of instances, cost them more games. Uh, they gave Taven Young a big contract. His base out, but he's still relatively cheap. He's still like only like six million or less. So again, they have a lot of uh, uh, they have a lot of investment in the defensive uh, backs, right? Uh, Skura is a free agent. I doubt they bring him back. Uh, they definitely did not care much for him towards the end, and I, I, I think he even got benched at some point. Uh, Gus Edwards, they tendered him as a second-round tender. Hopefully, for uh, he, you know, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he comes back from. I don't know. Uh, he, he's actually a pretty solid running back. Uh, I guess the hope for them is somebody actually tries to sign him to a deal and they get a second-round pick. I don't think that's happening. Willie Sneed's a free agent. I think that that's a guy who uh, I, they might get him back. I think. Uh, I know they cut Mark Ingram. He he's gone. I you know that saved them five million right off the bat. I don't think that really matters too much. That, they're not really losing much. He wasn't really playing much at the end of the year anyway. Griffin's gone. Skura is leaving in free agency. Derek Wolf is leaving. He's a little bit older, formerly of the Broncos. He was kind. He was fine for them. Uh, maybe they try to bring him back. Uh, Pernell McPhee said he wants to come back. That's fine. That's a guy who was a good, solid rotational piece for them. Uh, Titus Bowser was a guy who they might want to bring back. DJ Fluker had played a bit for them uh, at guard. Uh, maybe uh, even sometimes uh, they kind of rotated him in at some points, which was very weird. Um, currently, with how it sits, with the one eighty-two and a half million dollar cap, counting all the rollover that the Ravens may or may not have. Uh, Spot Spotrack has them at twenty three point eight nine, uh, twenty three million, close to twenty four million. If you're rounding up, uh, keep in mind you also have to sign your your draft class. That's about six to seven million. So they probably have a shot at one or two big free agents, maybe a couple of small guys if they're looking at a you know uh, 
pounce on a, an interesting market that might be providing them maybe an opportunity uh, to to really provide have a good roster. Um, like I said, this is going to be a very deep free agent class. A lot of guys taking one or two year deals. Maybe they look at the Ravens as an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. So maybe some guys who recently get cut might go there. Maybe a Trey Turner, like I mentioned before, if they're looking to, to sign a guard in free agency. Um, maybe, uh, you know, a pass rusher that's, you know, one of the ones that's lesser valued on the market will take a one-year deal to go there. Uh, say, who's a guy who would maybe be lower valued on the market? Maybe Dietrich Wise. Um because he can kind of play D end and edge rusher, uh, and uh, he can play all throughout their scheme. He's probably more of a, a D end for them in the three four that they run. Maybe uh, utilize him on some stunts. Um, they still have Clayus Campbell. He's been pretty solid for them. I, again, like I, I don't think he's the Clayus Campbell of two or three years ago, where he was just stunning as a as a pass rusher and just a game record. But he's still very good. And we saw him get uh, some picks. Uh, I think. I think. Yeah, they had him drop into zone. I think the week the week one game against the Browns, he dropped into zone and got a pick against Baker Mayfield. That's not always fun um, to think about. Uh, so. Uh, I love J.K. Dobbins. That was their second-round pick last year. I think he did really well for them. I was hoping he'd do even more because I was a big Dobbins believer. Uh, I, I think if you watched the live stream last year, I was kind of like, oh, great, they got a guy who I actually liked. Damn it. Always the teams I don't want to win win out, but it's fine. Uh, at least the Ravens and not the Steelers. Am I right, boys? Uh, Devin DuVernay. Uh, was a good pickup for them. He's kind. Of, he was very fast. He's very. I. I, I want to see him develop in year two. Uh, Miles Boykin's been there for the past few years. He's had a couple of like pop up moments in games. So, offensively, I think they're set. Maybe they're. I know people have talked about them going after a wide receiver in the draft. That's very possible. Uh, I don't know if that's really where they go with it because I don't know what wide receiver makes you feel more comfortable that they would be drafting that would make you think oh yeah Lamar Jackson needs this guy uh, maybe I I just don't know who that is in this draft um because Marquise Brown is a guy who they spent a first round pick on a few years ago has kind of been okay has had his moments his one game winning drives for them but also he's had a lot of drops um He's kind of the take the the top off the defense kind of guy. Maybe they look at a maybe a complimentary piece to him or another speed guy. Uh, maybe a Rondell Moore or Elijah Moore. But I think those guys fit a similar role as Devin Duvernay. So I'm not quite sure how eager they are to waste not waste but spend another top 100 pick on a wide receiver. Uh, I think it's got to be offensive line. you got to draft a guy, maybe even look at signing one, because that was a key piece to why they were so dominant as a run team not too long ago. Get J.K. Dobbins some real usage. Uh, you know, him and Gus, whatever, you know, percentage split you want to give them. I think that would be the perfect situation. Beyond that, they do kind of have to look a little bit at pass rusher, but it's not really how their team is built. Uh, there are guys who maybe they could take the flyer, you know, take in the first round or even in the second round, who they can maybe make look good because they have such a, a unique scheme, because they have all the corners. And I think they should probably draft a corner because you have this kind of a scheme. 
build out your your defensive back uh, rotation. Safety, I think, is a bigger need for them than I would have expected because they Earl Thomas they cut uh, before the start of the season. Uh, they never really fixed that safety position that you thought they maybe would address in free agency since they got rid of Earl Thomas. So, I this listen. The Ravens are a playoff contender every year. Uh, or almost every year. You know, since they got rid of Flacco, they have been. And that's telling you something. That Lamar Jackson is very important to that team. I I definitely think they extend Lamar Jackson because he is actually the offense. Um, because I still think he's got enough in him probably for the next few years. I think when you start hitting the 29-30 range... I, I don't think he's he's the kind of quarterback I don't know if he makes it to the third contract. The second contract, I think he has the value still on, very much like Cam Newton did. It's the third contract, I think they might try to structure it differently to avoid having to keep him past his prime. I just don't think he makes it to that point. But I do think he makes it to 30, 31, and that's probably maybe 32, depending on how much he develops as a passer. Now, if he develops further as a passer, and it's weird because I thought he would have developed a little bit more. It looked like he was, and sometimes he does. Sometimes he's scrambling. All of a sudden, he gets a, he get, you know, he managed to make it one guy miss, another guy miss, throw the ball, get a ball to, you know, like I said, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews. Those guys, he, he finds them, he hits them. When he hits them, when they catch the ball, sometimes it's beautiful, and he makes it really work. So, listen, uh, I like I said before, playoff team. Let's talk about the other AFC North playoff team, one of the three. Uh, we're going to save my favorite for last, so we're going to go with the Steelers. Steelers, they have Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, they restructure his deal. He takes a $5 million salary cap hit. They also spread it out over some void years, so they get a little bit of cap space. They've been re- restructuring deals left and right. Uh, this team is losing guys, right? They lost more uh, Marquise Pouncey to, uh, to retirement. He probably wasn't planning on coming back anyway because, to be honest, he did not play well. And, you know, that playoff game probably shocked him to being like, you know what, don't want to do this no more. Sorry. Uh, I checked the ball over Ben Roethlisberger's head because, uh, you know, I was a little worried about our guard getting beat up because he was coming back from injury. So I can kind of understand being kind of done with it, especially, you know, when you get to a certain point in your career. Uh, that being said, this is the second interior offensive lineman they lost in two years to retirement. Uh, they have Andrew Villanueva, who's a free agent. Uh, they still have DeCastro, who's kind of the longest tenured interior, uh, longest tenured offensive lineman they got. Filer's going to become a free agent. They have a lot of free agents. They've been pushing a lot of money down the road. Uh, Bud Dupree's a free agent. That's a guy who's going to, you know, he's coming off the the ACL. They didn't tag him. Uh, maybe they still re-sign him, bring him back. I wouldn't be shocked if that's the guy they make an effort to to grab because maybe they feel like he can still be that other guy on the the edge rotation. Uh, but uh, they signed a guy last year. Uh, they they drafted a guy in the third fourth round who who played really well for them. And uh, I, again, I think that the other free agent that they might be looking to really let go is Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, maybe they're interested in him coming back, but I think they're going to lean towards the guys they already have developed, Chase Claypool, um, Deontay Johnson. Those guys have played pretty well for them, so I, I could definitely see them, you know, again, 
addressing the uh, wide receiver position again in the draft. I just don't see them sticking, going ahead and sticking their neck out and being like, you know what, We're, we actually have to go ahead and re-sign Bud Dupree. I don't think that's necessary. I think they want to give that money to TJ Watt, extend him, uh, make him a $25 million a year player. Uh, I said before, Alejandro Villanueva, free agent. Not quite sure Sp- uh, Spotrac has uh, his pitch number is sixteen million. I don't buy that. I think he's going to be a lot less than that. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, they're saying sixteen million. Another guy who I think is probably in the twelve, ten to twelve million dollar range. Uh, Avery Williamson, he's leaving in free agency. He was a, a temporary trade replacement uh, from the Jets after they they lost some guys mid season, including Devin Bush. Devin Bush, who has not really played all that well, and now also tore his ACL. Uh, as far as linebackers go, Vince Williams was a an important piece to them. When they lost him, they really went down tri- downhill. But he's also not good in coverage at all. And uh, I mean, they they were very easy to figure out their coverage looks at that point. So it's actually kind of the story of their playoff game partially as well. Was why were they able to to suddenly get tons of? Why were the Browns who looked like they struggled the last two times able to really you know get yardage like crazy almost at will against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense? One part might be a little bit of the injury stuff, but also there's a there there was definitely some schematic issues there as well, and they might want to look into that. Uh, Cam Sutton's a free agent. Uh, Tyson Alualu. He's also a free agent. He's a guy who, uh, again, I think if a team was looking to really jump on a free agent to to steal, that's a guy who I would maybe be eager to go ahead and grab because, uh, I, 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 and again, as of right now, they're because of all the restructured deals that they did with Ben Roethlisberger, a few others, um, they are now at six million dollars over uh, under the cap, so they're fine. They're in safety mode. They really don't have the money to sign people right now, uh, especially because you do need money to sign your draft class. Like I said before, uh, Cam Sutton, also uh, Mike Hilton, both corners are going to be free agents. Chris Wormley, uh, Sean Davis, the free safety. Already talked about Juju, talked about Tyson Alualu. He was really good for them. If you're looking to poach a defensive lineman from the Steelers, that's the guy. That's the guy who I would be more eager into grabbing. Uh other than those guys I've already mentioned, uh, Joshua Dobbs, Robert Spillane. Spillane was solid for them for the most part. He's in, but he's a restrict. He's a exclusive rights free agent, so he'll be back. Um, Steelers are have a lot of uh, rebuilding to do, retooling. Um, they law lo- they're losing three offensive linemen who they had as starters last year. Uh, Doxson, who's a guy who they drafted, played actually pretty well. Um, uh, so I was not shocked that they let one guy go, but three losing Pouncey, losing Villanueva, Filer. <sighs> Okafor did not play well at all. Like he was the worst part of that offensive line. And if they're going in expecting him to be their right tackle, they're going to struggle quite a bit. It's going to be the struggle bus going into that year. Uh, Justin Lane, they got to see a step up from him. Benny Snell was fine. Uh, Alex Highsmith was the guy who I was thinking of earlier who stepped in for Bud Dupree and played pretty well as a, as the uh, the other rusher. But still, they got to... 
I mean, this is a team that's really got an attack offensive line. Tackle, guard, uh, and DeCastro's going to eventually leave too. DeCastro's getting up there in age. He's already talked a bit about potentially retiring. So, yeah, they got to really look at it. I'm shocked that Eric Ebron is going to still be on this team in 2021, that people are giving him this much money. He's got $8 million on their cap, uh, $2.5 million dead cap if they cut him. So I listen. I'm not a huge fan of Eric Ebron as far as super, uh, at least not a super fan. Uh, shocked they gave him that kind of contract. They also have to look at the replacement for Ben Roethlisberger because he started falling off the cliff. He fell off the cliff. Week was a week eleven that that they they went on an eleven game streak and then Washington broke them, partially from finding it like after that 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 eleventh game where they played the Ravens, seeing them not play well against the Ravens and the Ravens and the between the Ravens and Washington kind of figuring out the Steelers' offense. Ooh, that's rough. Um, They have a new play caller, Matt Canada. Supposedly he's more eager in running jet sweep and play action. I don't know how eager Ben Roethlisberger is in doing that. He was also the worst quarterback running play action. Uh, So we will see if he really adapts to that new offense the way that some younger QBs have. Still... I I don't know. I don't know if I believe in his arm. I don't know if I believe... You know, there was a reason why they went a lot of spread and throw the ball all over the place. This might be Ben Roethlisberger's last year there. I, you know, I understood why they restructured him, asked him to take a pay cut. He did that willingly. They also don't have a succession plan, so I can definitely see them going after the succession plan this year because this is a good QB class, and there probably is one within a trade-upable reach to go ahead and grab. But if you were doing that, you were also running the risk of not being able to uh, fill out your roster and be able to field a competitive roster going into 2021, at which point, why are you playing this dumb game with Ben Roethlisberger? they got to figure out how they're handling the offensive line situation. Kevin Dotson, like I said before, played really well. Uh, And honestly, I don't know why they benched him to play Filer when he was playing well. They should have played Filer at right tackle. He, he's actually, from what I, what I remember, better actually at tackle than he is at guard. So that's a thing. Um, yeah, so the Steelers have a lot of decisions. They're clearly thinking that they are still a competitive team. It's not like they're completely devoid of talent. The cornerback room is pretty solid. They're all solid starters. They're not plus starters. Uh, they, you know, again, each are probably about $15 million a year guys. Um, Steven Nelson, uh, uh, Joe Hayden. So those guys will be fine. They also got to look to maybe extending Minka Fitzpatrick, who I do think is the best guy in the secondary. Um, definitely they're a, a top end safety really allows them to do a lot as far as coverage looks goes. I, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm nervous because I think the best team this team could have possibly fielded was fielded last year. And I don't see any which way, doesn't matter if it's free agency or the draft, that they are getting better. And in which case, you're seeing the other teams in your division getting better, and you're playing in a, you're playing up against, this year, the AFC West and the NFC North. This would have been a good year to say, you know what, let Roethlisberger walk, take our lumps, we'll extend TJ Watt, and next year we'll start out the draft with maybe a little bit higher. But that's not in the Steelers' lifeboat. They're not going to do it. They're going to cling and hold and... Oh, hope and wish and hope and wish. And maybe it works for them, maybe it doesn't. Um, 
this they might be in for a rough year. Uh, depending on how well Ben adapts to whatever Matt Canada's offense will be. So, uh, listen, it's going to be a... Uh, uh, I think this is going to be the downfall of the Steelers until they can find the next quarterback. So, let's talk about it, right? I talked about the Browns for literally two and a half hours earlier, and I have not gotten done. So, let's talk some more. Uh, let's talk about my boys, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, yes, the Browns currently are estimated to have $24 million in cap space by Spotrack, Spotrack, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they have a couple of guys leaving in free agency, but I don't think that's really the concern. The big news today was them releasing Adrian Claiborne yesterday or today, depending on when that news truly hit. Um. That saved them $3 million. When they did that contract, $3 million was going to be on top of a $210 million cap. That w- that would go really well with that the cap in that kind of a year because that would be peanuts. This year, $3 million is a lot of money. And it can go a long way to signing somebody who is of real, true value. So I do think the Browns are going to be active in free agency. Uh, they have a few guys that are potentially leaving. Kel- uh, Carl Joseph... Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, Kevin Johnson, Terrence Mitchell, guys who have played solid snaps for them before, all have had up and down times there. All, uh, both of the veteran linebackers and uh, B.J. Goodson and Malcolm Smith, their free agents. Andrew Sandejo uh, will also be a, a free agent. So uh, of any of those that I think they might bring back, I think they might look to bring back, I, I said before, Terrence Mitchell, if they get him to a cheap enough deal. Rashard Higgins is also a free agent. I think they can maybe work around an extension to be there for the next couple of years to be Baker's, you know, you know, blanket, if you will. Uh, so I think those are some options for the Browns. I mean, those are some of the the free agents for the Browns. They are leaving in free agency potentially. I think Ogunjobi might be a, a contract to go after to bring back because I don't think he'll have a heavy market. Depends on how some teams look at him. He's kind of a he's he's got a weird build for a lot of teams. He doesn't really fit what every team wants as far as nose tackle goes. And he's probably a guy who maybe they should try out at three tech. Maybe like, again, he's been really mostly a nose shade for his career, a one tech kind of guy. Um. But I wonder what, like, because I think he does well when he gets one-on-ones and he gets pressure very well. I think this was something they wanted to explore. So I can see him being back on a one-year, $2 million deal to fill out the interior of that defensive line. A couple of other guys that they might want to look at, Brashad Perriman is a free agent. Uh, They they do need some speed on that receiving core, especially because they're not going to, you know, there's no guarantees but there's especially no guarantees when it comes to, you know, Odell Beckham's health, to the Browns receiving core, to the health of everybody on a team. So Rashad Perriman, we know he already has chemistry with Baker Mayfield. Uh, deep threat kind of guy, could play X, could play uh, at the Z as well if they're, you know, they want to get a bunch of their guys on the field at the same time. Probably won't come with a very hefty price contract-wise. A uh, couple of other dudes they might want to look at. Receiver-wise, John Ross, again, another speed guy. Cornerback, 
Troy Hill, William Jackson III, those are the guys who I'm really looking at. I'm actually kind of leaning more Troy Hill the more I think about it. I think their plan was to go safety in free agency. I just think the safety market got oddly dried up because a bunch of them got franchise tagged. And then the top guys on the market are Anthony Harris of the Vikings, who's 30, and Johnson, the, uh, Josh Johnson on uh, the L.A. Rams. He's going to be an interesting one because I, I could see them going after him, but he's going to be the only guy on the market who of that of that echelon, really. Uh, Harris is coming off a little bit of a down year. so uh, But also, again, another guy who might not have a true big market. Uh, but will know the defense. So maybe they will go after Anthony Harris. Maybe he won't cost that much, especially given age and where he is in his career. Uh, a couple of cor uh, cornerbacks, Troy Hill, I already mentioned, versatile, can play outside, can play inside at slot corner. In fact, I think he played better at outside corner anyway. So maybe go ahead, grab him, stick him there. Shaq Griffin, Gary and Conley would be a really cheap option. Quentin Dunbar. Uh, I know they wanted to probably look at Marcus Williams and Marcus May if they were available. They're not. Uh, edge rusher, I think the release of Claiborne signaled that they are going after an edge rusher in free agency at minimum. Uh, my number one and two, 1A, 1B right now is Carl Lawson and Romeo Aquara. Those guys are going to be interesting because I think some teams are going to be skeptical of production from them. Carl Lawson has some injury risk that comes with him. There's a reason why he fell to the fourth round the year he came out. Aquara has been a one-year wonder, but, I mean, we see that all the time and guys still pan out. And, again, he was consistent this year against high-end competition. So I definitely believe in Romeo Aquara and Lawson. Guys, other, other guys, maybe Melvin Ingram's available for a cheaper rate. You know, a little bit older of a guy. Maybe you can get him for... A little bit of a discounted rate given the cap situation. Have a guy who's used to being across from uh, an elite pass rusher like Joey Bosa. Stick him opposite Miles Garrett. Maybe draft a guy. Develop a guy behind him for the next two years. Uh, not necessarily uh, for the full two years. But again, like find a guy to rotate in with him in the draft. Uh, Trey Hendrickson's another guy. He had a, a, a very good year for the New Orleans Saints. He, uh, again, another guy who might be a $10 million a year pass rusher as opposed to a 15 to $20 million a year pass rusher like Shaq Barrett, maybe even like Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe is another guy who I'd be really interested in. My issue with Yannick Ngakwe is that I, I don't know what his market's going to be. Um, it's possible he sends a one-year deal hoping to go back in free agency next year and maybe going to the Browns would be a good spot for him because he gets to rush opposite Miles Garrett. So maybe a one-year, $7 million deal would be great for him. Maybe he wants more, maybe he wants less, but maybe they can grab him at a cheaper rate. Uh, Von Miller's been mentioned. I, You know, if you're going to go for an older defensive lineman or pass rusher, I always prefer for guys to be the um, the the technicians and or the the dudes who like, – like J.J. Watt I was more interested in than Von Miller – um, that doesn't mean Von Miller is not an option. I just wouldn't be super excited. Same thing with Clowney. I'd feel a little weird with. Trey Hendrickson, uh, nicknames T-Rex. Apparently he's, uh, from uh, from sources beyond my knowledge, from the internet Twitterverse. I don't know. I, if you want to listen to Twitter rumors, T uh, Trey Hendrickson may or may not be interested in going to the Browns. Uh, he's leaving the Saints. He's been a solid rotational rusher for the Saints. Uh, you know, again, maybe they can make a deal work, especially in a depreciated market where he would 
maybe come to the Browns and be the, the rusher opposite Miles and you still draft a guy in this draft because it's such a oddly deep draft class of pass rushers, and we will talk about that uh, on another day. There'll, there'll be guys that they'll want to go after, maybe guys like uh, Carl. Again, I think um, like Aziz Ojolari or a uh, Quiddy Pay if he falls. Uh, I'm curious as to what they feel about Jalen Phillips. All these teams are probably very much going to be into the 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 market, especially in the draft of edge rusher, because you can never have enough edge rushers, and they're all in the range where edge rushers are going and are probably going to go in this draft. It's going to be a weirdly deep middle class of edge rushers in the draft this year, and it's also a weird corner class as well. Uh, again, a very deep, oddly deep corner class. It's kind of a pick-your-flavor of the month with both positions, and I think they will all go for it. The one position that I think the Browns are lucky enough in is I think they are in solid position for offensive line, although I would love for them to draft maybe an interior offensive lineman. Uh, in the, the, I know they've been at, at, uh, in connection with Quinn Marintz of uh, the Whitewater guy who made a big deal at the Senior Bowl. So maybe he'll be a guy they look at in the fourth round to maybe be the interior backup. But they also have Dunn. They have Blake Hans. They extended Blake Hans to uh, on a two-year extension. So I think they're kind of interested in both those guys. But I'm not quite sure how uh, how involved either of those guys are at guard. And maybe they're looking a little bit more. Maybe they could use uh, Q at you know at center. Uh, a guy who I was interested in maybe them drafting if he fell far enough because of health issues was Landon Dickerson. He kind of looks a lot like Jedrick Wills, and in fact, if you put them next to each other, it would look like two scary twins going at you, so I think that would be kind of an interesting move. Uh, corner-wise, there's going to be a bunch of dudes in this draft, and again, I'll, I will definitely at uh, attack the corner class as it goes. Um, I think the Browns also have to attack receiver. They need speed. We saw in that uh, in the playoff game that they were having issues getting open because all their guys were very similar in how they got open. Uh, both Jarvis Landry and Richard Higgins are good route runners and can get open uh, against man coverage. But if you if you have guys who are really athletic corners who happen to be very grabby, uh, it's harder to make those guys look bad for grabbing you when you're you're a route runner and you don't have somebody else kind of pulling away coverages and making them look bad for it. So. They need speed. Guys who I would be interested in, Rondell Moore, I mentioned before, Elijah Moore, uh, Jalen Darden. Those guys have some speed to them, some kick to them. Tutu Atwell, another guy who's a, a speed freak in this draft class. Uh, the Browns, I don't know if they make any more releases because they don't really have a bunch. A couple of options they might do is they might restructure Jarvis Landry's contract. Uh, he's got, I think, another year left as well. Maybe they go ahead and say in exchange for a pay cut we'll give you we'll take a year off the back end of your contract let you hit free agency at the age of 29 Sheldon Richardson they could probably restructure his contract as well reduce his cap hit this year similar to the way they did with Olivier Vernon give him an opportunity to potentially earn some of it back um they could also restructure Betonio and or Treader's contract. I think Petonio's more likely that they restructure because I'm pretty sure they'd want to keep him around. He's got no guarantees left. So, again, I don't think they're cutting Petonio because he's been their all-pro guard. But you could restructure him and say, listen, like by the end of your contract, we'll, you know, we'll, we want to keep you here long-term. So if we restructure you, rework your deal, maybe we can extend you, keep you here long-term, 
do what we want to do with you. So those are some options for them uh, as far as uh, that goes. And there might be a few other guys. Njoku is maybe the biggest name going into this free agency that I think is is key to key on because I talked earlier on the I talked on the Browns Huddle podcast uh, that uh, there's been some talks about Njoku getting traded and Greedy Williams is is coming back from a, a big injury. So is Grant Delpit, and they need defensive backfield help. And if you are in a situation where Njoku does not want to be here anymore, and you can get something of true value say a true like starting corner like a Stefan Gilmore trading Njoku for Stefan Gilmore might buy you some time to help develop some other corners and build out your your roster depth so and, and that would be them benefiting off of having a, a surplus of riches at a particular position so I could see that very much being uh, a, a big deal for them uh I, I'm excited it sounds like this free agency is gonna be insane so Tune in next time for when I go over uh, the next division. I think I'll probably do the NFC East because I live near the NFC East. Let's go for it. We'll talk about the NFC East later. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, Death is in the End of Life, Punch Like a Delicious Drink You Drink in the Summer, and uh, TTFN. Ta-ta for now. When I, when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to pee.